Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Isn't it amazing to just praise God? You know, I've been away on holidays, but it feels good to be back. And a big welcome if you're joining online as well. I've loved being able to watch online um, over the last season and it's been quite a few weeks. And whether you're online or in the room, I know the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us today. But look, we have just gotten back from Palm Cove, which is near Cairns, one of the most beautiful places in Australia in my limited experience. And it's far north Queensland, so it's tropical, it's hot, it's humid, it's rugged, um, it's, it's wild. There's amazing mountains covered in rainforest and clouds hang low and it's just absolutely magical. And there's a lot of palm trees, as the name would suggest. Uh, but before you book your tickets, I should warn you, the uh, water, all the streams, rivers, creeks and the ocean is infested with crocodiles and killer jellyfish. So not sure if that's your thing, but um, it's absolutely beautiful up there. But we were so relieved to make it because we had, as many of you probably have had over the last couple of months, a little bit of a crazy December Christmas season. We got the dreaded text message, your son has been a close contact at school. And this time my son was positive. Him and about four of his uh, mates from school, I think they must have been drinking out of the same drink bottle or something, who knows. He's pretty gross actually. Um, And I thought I was going to get it because he was in this puppy stage and he'd woken me up in the morning licking my face before I knew. (laughs) But anyway, we managed to escape it and we all remained negative and on the last day of our isolation we thought we were free and we got the text that Judah had it now. So, oh, good times. Um, We spent Christmas in isolation, um, but we actually did have a really good time. It was lovely to be there together as a family and have a kind of slower pace. So when we were on the plane to Queensland, we were like, we've made it, We're, we're here. Only we sighed too soon, that sigh of relief, because that evening, my beautiful husband, Adrian, came down with suspiciously cold and flu-like symptoms. Thank goodness we had my mum travelling with us as well, so we had a really big apartment and straight away we locked him in his own room and um, his own little balcony and ensuite. And um, when we test, he did test positive um, a few days later, um, he was confined to his prison paradise for almost his whole uh, trip. So that was great. But anyway, we're finally free. We've got just like literally about two days to go and we're finally free and we go out looking for dinner. And the dinner up there, the restaurants up there are phenomenal. And I've got my mind set on this mud crab dish that I'd had a year ago, mud crab, Asian greens, chili, pork belly, like it was incredible. And we've got high expectations for this meal, but we're knocking, we're trying to get into a restaurant and they're all full. They're all saying, we're at capacity. We don't have any more room. You can't come in. And half of them were closed because they didn't have enough staff to open. And I started to feel like a heavily pregnant Mary. And Adrian Joseph is trying to get into an inn and no one's letting us in. And the problem was not that there wasn't food. There was amazing food. There's the most incredible fresh seafood up there and other things. The problem was they couldn't staff the restaurants. There was not enough workers. And the problem was that um, COVID had swept through and I'd like to say a disclaimer, it was there before we got there, so don't blame my husband. (laughs) But they couldn't open the restaurants. And it makes me think of what Jesus says in Matthew 9.37, a scripture that many of us would know. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Some other translations say the harvest is ripe, ready, great, you know, it's, it's ready to be picked. But the problem is 
it's all sitting there on the plants because there are not enough people to go and bring it in. And Jesus, of course, as He always does, tells us something practical so that we can get the meaning of something spiritual. He's actually saying, people are ready to hear the Gospel right now. They are lost, they're hopeless, they're harassed. It says they don't have anything to lead them or anyone to lead them and they need to hear the good news, but there's not enough people to bring it. So if I were to call this message anything, I would say it would be positions vacant or staff wanted. And the incredible news is you don't even have to have prior experience or a really good crafted resume. You don't have to have references to be called. Jesus wants to accept everyone. So we're going to look now at John chapter 4, which is a well-known and very kind of favourite story of mine about Jesus who meets the Samaritan woman at the well. And for the sake of time, I'm going to summarise some of it and then we're going to get into a few scriptures. But basically, Jesus had been in the area of Judea, which is in the south of Israel, or at that time it was. And he's been teaching, preaching, healing and baptising. And he's been busy with the work of God. But they had to pass through this land, Samaria, to get to Galilee. And Jesus didn't actually come to speak to the Samaritans. He was very clear in his mission. He came to first speak to the Jews. And then when he brought the message to the Jews and they rejected, then the gospel went to the Gentiles. But he had to pass through this parcel of land. And the Jews and the Samaritans, they didn't get along because it was a bit of a mix of people with different beliefs. And they'd been sort of the poor left behind when the rest of Israel was carried off into captivity. And then they were sort of the mix of people who'd come to resettle and they had some different ideas about things and they they just didn't get on. And the Jews wouldn't even eat at the same places or eat from the same, you know, plates, you know. So there was discrimination there, to say the least. So Jesus is tired and he sits down at a well. It says it's about midday and the disciples go to get food. And so he has enough time to rest at this well. And this woman comes to the well who we know had a bit of a sordid past and that's why she was probably coming at that time of day because she was avoiding other people and Jesus took the time while he was resting to speak life into her world. At the start, she was sceptical. He asked her for a drink. She couldn't understand it. He talked to her about living water. He talked to her about all that she'd ever done until she realised, whoa, there's something special about this person. And then he finally revealed himself as the Messiah and told her that true worship isn't about how you do it or where you do it. It's about an attitude of the heart, spirit and truth. And so her, her life is, is radically changed in that moment. And she goes from someone who's avoiding the crowds to rushing back to the town to go tell everyone who she's just met. But I just wanted to stop right there and just point out the fact that they met at a well because I was so interested to realise in studying the scripture that there's other people who've met at wells as well. So um, we have uh, Rebecca um, was the wife of Isaac and he found her at the well. And then there's Rachel who Jacob met at the well. And then there's Moses who met his wife at the well as well. And um, Joelle was telling me that in Africa, the well is still a really good meeting place in sort of some of the more further out communities, like not in the big cities, but the well, which is a place of function, you go and get water, is a community meeting point where people often meet their future spouse. So if I see people lingering around the tea and coffee station afterwards, I'll know what you're up to and I fully endorse because I met my husband at church. But seriously, we all have wells in our world. And the wells for us might be the pharmacy or the supermarket or the school, you know, um, playground where we pick up our kids or it might be where we work, where we study, where we play sports. 
We all have wells in our world. But I was so challenged in reading this because I've got to be honest, I often go to these places pretty function focused and move in and move out really quickly. But Jesus had time to stop and he had time to see. And the other thing I love about this scripture that Jesus who had been preaching and teaching to crowds of hundreds and thousands sat at the well and was the same Jesus in that moment. He didn't kind of switch off who he was. He still preached and taught and brought hope to the one, to the one person. And, you know, I think we can learn a lot from that. You know, even in our rest and our downtime, we don't switch off from the purposes of God. But anyway, she goes back to the town and this is where I want to pick up. The disciples come and see he's been talking to her. They're surprised, they're confused, but they don't say anything. Maybe they're just wanting to get on with lunch. And it says, meanwhile. So if we look at the scripture, it's John 4, 31 to 35, meanwhile. So his disciples come back and they say, Rabbi, eat something. Jesus, you must be hungry. It's time to eat. But he says to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And his disciples say to each other, could someone have bought him food? My food, said Jesus, knowing exactly what they're thinking, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, four months until harvest? Well, I say, lift up your eyes. They are ripe. The time is now. You see, the disciples saw him talking to the woman, but they missed the significance of that moment. They were confused. Why was he doing it? They were still focused on lunch and they didn't realise her whole world had just changed. And not only her whole world, but Jesus is like, lift up your eyes. I don't know if they could see in the distance, but literally the town was gathering. They were coming in response to her message and they're still focused on the food. Greater than any physical satisfaction that we can seek in this world is doing the will of the Father, is doing what he has called us to do. And I think the truth is many of us, and maybe I'm just speaking because I'm guilty of it, you know, can come back from holidays sometimes feeling still really tired. And the truth is that we rest physically, but what do we invest in spiritually? Are we still connecting to the Word? Are we still spending time in prayer? Because we can rest all we want and we will still feel empty and tired when we don't live on purpose for Him. Psalm 63 verse 5 says, I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods and with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. And another translation says, I'll be fully satisfied as with marrow and fat. So I'm imagining like a steak restaurant, you know, osobuco or maybe some ribs. Or, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm kind of into food. I'm married in Italian, so I'm into food. But I'm like fully satisfied. Who wants to live fully satisfied this year and so joyful that your lips can't help but sing his praises? And that is how we're called to live. Um, He goes on to say in verse 35, don't you have a saying only four months until harvest? Well, I tell you, open your eyes. The harvest is ripe. And in the spiritual, I have such a sense that he's saying the same thing to us right now. Open your eyes. Your friends are ready. People are ready to hear the good news. You know, it's, it's so easy to have legitimate reasons to put off serving God at a greater level or to put off getting really involved in chasing him down. 
And I know for me, when 2020 hit the pandemic, we were all in the same boat, so I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me, but I had a little bub, I had two other boys I was homeschooling, we have our own businesses, we had a lot going on. I was still serving at church, which I love, uh, but I remember Pastor Nadia contacted me and asked whether I'd be uh, open to running an alpha. And I loved the sound of running an alpha. It's an amazing Foundations of Christianity course, but I felt overwhelmed by the highly practical things that were in my life. And the truth is I allowed myself for a moment to focus on them more than what I knew spiritually God was calling me to do. And I did something I've never done before because honestly, I've always said yes when leadership gives me an opportunity because I take it as an opportunity from God and a privilege. But I wrote back to Pastor Nadia, I would love to, but do you mind if I get involved in the next round? Because I I just don't think it's the right time. (laughs) And as a beautiful friend and gentle leader, she could have easily said, I get it, Jazz. You've got a lot on your plate. And she was very gentle about it. But she also said, I really believe you could do it. And she talked to me about some practical things to help me make sure that I could do it. And she answered some concerns, but she pushed me into my purpose. And I think we all need friends like that. Friends that when you're feeling tired, they don't say, well, maybe you shouldn't go to all the services or maybe you should cut back on serving or like you have got a fair bit of church in your life, you know, like we need friends who will say, no, this is on your world. Push into it. You know, I think if Anne, she had just a word from God years ago now about starting a business. And there's so many practical reasons why it was the wrong time and why she really didn't need to. She had a really good job and her husband has a business. But no, she pressed in to the purpose of God in her life. And now she's living and enjoying that. So Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those whom it is due when it is in your power to act. I just want to let us all know today, you know, it is in our power to act. So don't put it off. Don't wait. Don't make excuses. It's time. And I remember um, Joyce Meyer. I don't know if anyone else knows Joyce. Joyce is Joyce. I heard her preaching at Hillsong many years ago. And I remember her saying that we've all been given the exact amount of time to do exactly the things that God has called us to do. So if you're finding I don't have enough time, I don't know whether you just need to do a little stock take of what you're filling your time with because the truth is we're called to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and He will take care of the rest. (laughs) Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, all of us are called to live according to His purpose. This isn't for some special few. We are all called to be a part of what it means to build his kingdom. And it looks so different for so many of us. You know, my husband is called to the business world and he has conversations with people that I would never get to meet. You know, I I think of, I I think that's Ray there behind the tech desk there. People don't even see her, but she serves. You know, she comes early in the morning and people are telling her what they need in their in-ears so they can hear their music, so they can hear the, the click, so they can hear each other, so that worship comes across well and creates an experience for us. And that's how Ray serves. So for us, we all have different ways that we can get involved. My grandma is 86 and she right now is still out there carrying little Bibles in her handbag just in case the opportunity presents that she would be able to talk to someone about Jesus. So what's your next step? Pastor Nadia already said it. Baptism's coming up. Why wait? You know, maybe it's getting involved in an alpha. Maybe it's coming to next steps and hearing more about how God has shaped you. We all have a part to play. And I think the truth is that some of us don't feel qualified or we think maybe, you know, like God wouldn't really choose me because we know something that other people don't know. 
But like Jesus at the well, he knew everything about that woman and he loved her and he chose her and he took the time to go out of his way to speak to her. If we get on to the sort of last part of that story from um, John 4, 39, we get to hear what happens when the woman goes back to the town. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he did for two more days. And because of his words, many more became believers. You know, this woman was ashamed. She came to the well in the heat of the day so that she didn't have to associate with the other people who came in the morning who probably made fun of her or probably looked down on her. They all knew that she'd had like at least five husbands and was living with someone that wasn't her husband. They knew her history. And yet this woman who was afraid to even bump into someone in the community meeting place, she went back to her town and she said, come meet this man I just met who told me everything. She didn't actually try to convince him he was the Messiah. They kind of worked that out for themselves and thought we should go have a look. And because of her testimony, so many people came to know him. And as I was preparing for this, I had, I honestly, I know you, I cry easily, we know that. But um, <laughs> I was crying, thinking about people that I know who've come along to Alpha. There's a, a beautiful guy, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me just saying his name, Rhett, because I'm sure he'll be here or listening at some point today, who disqualifies himself in some ways because he's went through a really rough time. But he came to Alpha and the very first week he was there, he spent the entire time trying to tell everyone else why they should read the Bible and how it's going to change their life. And he is called and anointed to bring the Word of God to people that I will never be able to bring it to. You know, don't disqualify yourself. So many of us have something to bring and only you can bring it in the way that you can. So I guess for you, you might be listening now and you're sort of like that woman at the well. You didn't even know who Jesus was, let alone why He would take the time to turn and look at you and speak to you. But I'd like to take some time right now, if you're watching online or if you're in the room, to let you know that if you were sitting at that well today, He would speak to you too. He would tell you that He loves you. He would let you know that all that stuff has been dealt with on the cross. He would tell you that there are good things ahead and that He has chosen you as a light to this world. So I'd love to take just a minute just now for anyone who feels they haven't known Jesus before this point. So in the room or online, if you don't know who He is, he is calling you right now and He's inviting you right now to take His hand and to walk a new life with Him. So I thought if we could just bow our heads now and close our eyes just for a little bit of privacy. If you feel like Jesus is speaking to you today, if you know He's calling you, don't let anything from the past or anything you've ever heard about Him get in the way. He loves you and He's calling you right now. I'd love if you'd like to make a decision and we're going to pray together in a moment. If you could just lift your hands in this room, I'll be peeking. Or if you're online, you can just click the raise hands button. If you want to choose Jesus this morning, today, we'll just lift your hand 
and we can pray together. I thank You for these people, Lord. I thank You that You have such a perfect plan for all of us. So right now we're gonna pray together and if you'd like to just follow along with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank You that You've taken care of my sin. I know that I need You and I ask that You would enter into my heart, be my Lord, and that I would walk with You for the rest of my days. Amen. And we celebrate You if you made that decision today here or at home. We know that the future is bright with Jesus. I know that I'd love to pray for the rest of us too. I'd love to pray for the rest of us too. Are you feeling maybe there's been a few moments, a few things in your life that you've said a few more months, maybe just four more months, maybe the next season. I'm telling you, this year is the year of the miraculous. This year is the year of people coming home and we are all needed. We as a church are God's plan for the community. There is so much to be done. So I would just love to take a moment to pray for us now as well. But Father, I just thank You for this incredible bunch of people, Lord. I thank You that You have called and chosen us and You have made us Your very best, perfect master plan to show Your light to this world. And Lord, I just pray right now You will start dropping into people's spirits what it is that their next step is, what it is that they're to get involved with or to do to get closer to You and Your ways. And Lord, I pray that as we follow You, we would live a year that is full of satisfaction, full of purpose, full of excitement as we wake up every morning ready to do Your will. And I thank You, Lord, for all You are to us. Thank You, Jesus, that You're here for every one of us like that woman at the well. In Jesus' Name, Amen. We trust that You are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite You to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.